find a group of ESL teachers because when you have multiple people together, different ideas will come out. Case in point, the three of us are here together. We've worked together for a long time, but I'm still hearing new things from each of you, right? Because we are each different individuals, right? So I think being a part of a group where there are other ESL teachers that you can kind of bounce ideas off of or ask them, hey, did you learn anything new? Or hey, what's been going on in your classroom? I think we can help each other and that will make a big difference. Our students will benefit. Are you ready to take your ESL teaching to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the ESL Teacher Experience, the podcast that's all about helping you become a more effective and confident teacher. In each episode, we'll be exploring different topics related to teaching English as a second language and hearing from other teachers about their own experiences. So get ready to learn, grow, and connect with other teachers. All right. So today's quote is again from an unknown individual. Here's the quote for you all. Teaching is the one profession that creates all other professions. I'll say it again. Yeah, I like this one too. I saw your facial expression change. <laughs> Teaching is the one profession that creates all other professions. I want to know your thoughts. And Carly, I saw your face light up. So Carly, what are your thoughts on this one? I just think, you know, I've gone 30 years without ever realizing that. <laughs> So I was a little bit shocked. I was like, oh my goodness, you're right. But no, that's so true. That's so true. Like in order to do anything in, in life, in the world, any profession, you have to learn how to do it. And most likely you have to have a teacher to teach you how to do it. So teaching is extremely important. And um, I think the quote just sums it up. Like we teach our students and we're teaching them English, you know, on here, this is the ESL podcast. So we're ESL teachers. We're teaching our students English, but, you know, most of our students probably are learning because of their profession that they want to do. This is like the first step. They know they need to learn English because they want to be a doctor in another country or they want to move abroad and, and work. You know, there's so many different occupations that they might be embarking on. And for them, English is their first step. Us as Americans, it's kind of easy for us. We got lucky. And English is the global language, even more so American style English is the global language. So it's easy for us. We don't even have to really be bilingual. A lot of Americans live their whole life and they only know how to speak English. But what we don't realize is a lot of our students all over the world, they have to learn English to compete in this like competitive field of just living life and, you know, getting jobs, job opportunities. They have to learn English. So this quote, man, like it's so true. You know, you, you have to, if you're a teacher, like then you influence every part of their life, including their jobs and their professions when they get older, or even if they are already adults, like, you know, what maybe their promotion that they're looking forward to at work. So that's my thoughts. And I never put two and two together like that. So can't believe I missed that. <laughs> so, Joseph, uh, what are your thoughts on the quote? I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, someone had to study something on their own to learn it and then, you know, be a master at it to then be able to then, you know, before they die, pass on that information to someone else. You know, that that's all teaching really is basically is 
from the beginning of when humans learned how to create fire, you know, or or agriculture for that matter, you know. I mean, when humans started, you know, you know, doing agriculture, that knowledge was passed down, you know, from generation to generation. And then, you know, agriculture became, you know, a class in, in university. And learning that, learning about agriculture, you have to learn about so many other things, you know, about climate, about, um, you know, um, soil, about, you know, like geology and geography. And, you know, you've got to learn all these other things if you want to be successful in, in, in agriculture, especially in the, in the area or region that you live in. But yeah, I mean, teaching is the one profession that creates all other professions. Yeah, I mean, nowadays that that's that's how it is. You know, before someone had to have an interest in something and want to like learn more about, you know, whatever it is that they were interested in and they had to teach themselves, right? But nowadays, nowadays, you know, all of that has all of that, you know, has already been established. I mean, we are still you know, learning new things and then passing on the, those new things that we we learn, but we already have a foundation or of that uh, topic or subject that uh, that we're learning or teaching. Yeah, because if you've ever tried to uh, learn something on your own, it's so much more difficult. I don't know if you guys ever done like anything where you embarked on self study journey, and you're like, I don't know about you, but after like a week, I'm like, I gotta find myself a teacher. <laughs> I can't do this (laughs) because I learn so much better when I have a teacher, somebody there that I can like ask questions and communicate with. I learn so much better than trying to do it myself. You know, I'm trying to learn Vietnamese, even though my husband speaks Vietnamese fluently, he cannot teach me because that would just be a, you know, that would be a disaster. So (laughs) I'm trying to learn a little bit of Vietnamese. We're going to Vietnam next year. And I'm just like, I need a teacher. I need a teacher. I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. <laughs> and my husband's like, yeah, you'll be fine. Just like download an app. And I'm like, it's not the same. I need somebody that I can ask questions to. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Tiffany, what are your what are your thoughts on the quote? For me, I, I 100% agree. Even before I became an English teacher, I used to think about this when I was younger. I've always enjoyed learning, always enjoyed learning and helping others learn. Um, Even when I was just in middle school, I was always trying to help somebody else learn something. But I always would sit back and think to myself, everyone has a teacher. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor, it doesn't matter if you're a lawyer, you have to start with a teacher teaching you that information. And so my, my curiosity was piqued and I wondered, how come teachers don't get paid the most? Because it's the profession that if it does not exist, we have nothing else. So I was thinking about this as a child, like why don't teachers get paid a lot more if without them, we can't do anything. So now that I am a teacher, I do realize teachers are teachers because they're passionate about it. You care about your students, right? You care about the information that you're disseminating to your students. You care about them receiving it properly. So yes, it does create all other professions. And it's a reminder of how valuable it is and the fact that teachers also know their value. Even though teachers are not paid like other professions, they know how valuable they are and they do it because they're passionate about it. And I think that's true for each of us as well as ESL teachers too. That makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree. Yeah. It's like it it makes a big difference. So then, okay, as ESL teachers, right, we understand how important our jobs are. 
when we are thinking about other ESL teachers, I want to ask each of you for specific resources or professional development opportunities. Which of these do you recommend for ESL teachers to stay up to date with as best practices, right? Because again, teachers, we know the importance of our job and we know the value of what we're doing. So we can't keep teaching what we taught 10, 15 years ago, right? We have to kind of stay updated. So I want to ask you guys again, what resources or professional development opportunities, in your opinion, would you recommend to ESL teachers specifically for this language that's constantly changing and new words are being added? What would you all advise? We're looking for advice for ESL teachers. Am I going to go first? Okay. Go, go ahead, girl. Usually I, I see Joseph like leaning in and I'm like, can I? Can I? <laughs> no. So I think, well, first of all, utilize social media, you guys, like you can find everything basically on social media. If you have a question or something and, or you're like, where can I find, you know, ESL worksheets or like, you know, slang phrases or whatever, you can literally even type that into TikTok these days and videos pull up. And some of those videos you can even recommend to your students, you know, like, Hey, this video was actually really helpful. I think you should, you know, watch it. If you need extra help, YouTube, YouTube. I mean, look, Tiffany, you're like, <laughs> you're the prime example of YouTube. You know, YouTube is a very good resource, especially for, for ESL teachers. When honestly, there's some days when, when you don't know how else you can help a student. And you, we all have those students where, at least there's like one of them every now and then that, that you're like, man, they're really passionate, but they're just not getting it. How can I help them more? What are some resources I can use or I can give them? So you recommend maybe, you know, oh, I found this, this teacher on YouTube that maybe you need help with pronunciation. This teacher really helps with pronunciation. And this teacher, even though I can help you with that, I don't have schedule to like sit with you and like, help you pronounce each and every word, but this teacher can do that. So I always like look up YouTube or I really love Pinterest. Pinterest is amazing. I use Pinterest, especially when I was like in a physical classroom, I would use Pinterest for ideas for ESL activities, games, other different things my students can, can use. Um, you know, like I said, most of the time it links them to websites or people on YouTube, teachers on YouTube or other social media platforms even like um, in Korea, there's like neighbor blog, you know, and sometimes some of the some of the blogs that they would have were really informative, especially for um, ESL learners or other ESL teachers like, hey, I noticed that my students react well when I do this. And then they would just wanted to share the information. So I would look up things on there, too. So I think just utilize the stuff around you. We're living in a day and age where like, the internet is at our fingertips and we don't have to go and ask other teachers for ideas or go to the library and look up different teaching methods. We can just simple search and kind of figure it out. So that's what I do. That's what I do when I'm at like a roadblock and I'm like, what can I do to get through to these students? I just kind of search online, but Joseph, what do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty much what I do too. I mean, uh, like online courses or like YouTube videos, you know, other English teachers, social media groups too. I mean, also like, you know, uh, downloading. Well, I have a, a, an, an extensive, I guess, collection of uh, English 
books in PDF form. So if I ever need to, you know, reference something, you know, uh, or if a, if a student wants to learn or practice a specific thing, you know, I have an English book, you know, for that. I also think, you know, like you said, you know, Google search, you know, you know I mean, Google is, you know, you can find just about anything on Google, you know, like from, you know, things about, you know, classroom management, uh, ESL activities, language learning apps or game apps, you know, for, for learning languages. There's so many, there's so much out there nowadays that, that, you know, it's pretty much endless. I mean, there's, you know, there's all kinds of resources, but I found that um, the online courses like at, um, I've gotten some certificates on uh, a, a site called Coursera and you basically, they're, they're free courses, but if you want the certificate, you have to pay to take the, um, the uh, comprehension, you know, test at the end of the unit, you know, and then if you pass the whole course, then you get, they, they, they mail you a certificate and yeah, there's some really interesting courses out there, like uh, teaching English through like um, movie making or, you know, uh, using an iPad or something like that, you know, and and um, I took that course and I have like all the PDFs. And for me, that's something that that I really like enjoy doing with with kids, you know, mostly, but I didn't have the material at the time I, I had already. I wanted to do that course as a summer course for the kids, you know. Because the school that I taught at, you know, we used iPads in, in the classroom for certain, you know, you know, activities that we had planned to use the iPads. And that was part of the curriculum was, was using technology, you know, in the classroom as a tool to learn English. So that's what I do. You know, I, what, what do you do, Tiffany? For me, you know, I was thinking as I was listening to both of your answers and, of course, shaking my head like, mm, great answer. Yep. Great resource. Yep. That's a good one. That's a good one. Honestly, because of the internet, the internet has really changed the game. Granted, of course, the internet's been around for so many years, but it just keeps getting better and better. And even for ESL teachers. So I'll go back to when I was in Korea. My situation is a little bit different now because I'm kind of the one producing the resources. So I'll, I'll go back to when I was in Korea. I remember it depended on the lesson I was trying to teach. Um, if it was a vocabulary lesson, then I would go online and get on Google and search for vocabulary words about, and I'd put the topic in. If it was a lesson on pronunciation and I wanted to get some clarity on how do I teach a student to make this sound when I need to show them what's going on in their mouth, I actually would use Rachel's English, a very good English teacher on YouTube. I would go to her YouTube channel to see how she taught a certain pronunciation or a certain sound. So YouTube, of course, is a really good resource for English teachers. Then Google, as you mentioned earlier, um, Carly is a good resource. And I'm going to say another resource is actually going to be forums, ESL teacher forums. Find a group of ESL teachers because when you have multiple people together, different ideas will come out. Case in point, the three of us are here together. We've worked together for a long time, but I'm still hearing new things from each of you, right? Because we're each different individuals, right? So I think being a part of a group where there are other ESL teachers 
that you can kind of bounce ideas off of or ask them, hey, did you learn anything new? Or hey, what's been going on in your classroom? I think we can help each other and that will make a big difference. Our students will benefit. So of course, Google and yes, YouTube, and then finding a group, finding a group of ESL teachers that you can bounce ideas off of and also get ideas from. I think those are some good resources. I was gonna say uh, books, new books, uh, new TV shows, cartoons, and movies, because like Tiffany mentioned earlier, the language is always changing. You know, we don't, we don't speak Shakespearean English anymore. <laughs> Thank the Lord for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like language is, is constantly evolving, even if you're teaching adults, you know, but especially if you're teaching kids, kids are all, are always using, you know, the newest terminologies or newest lingos or, you know, whatever's, you know, cool nowadays, you know, I mean, cool is one of those words that, that, you know, we continue to use and it, it's not really, it's not really, I mean, it is dated, but it's not outdated, you know? Not yet. That's, That's true. not my word for that. You can cry <laughs> that true. word out of my cold, dead hands. I love you, <laughs> But no, very good points, Joseph. I, um, what I was just going to say is I think if you're, if you're listening to this and you're ESL, but you're also an expat living abroad, working in another country, Find a Facebook group or some kind of group of people who are also ESL teachers in your area. Because I did that when I was working in Busan, South Korea. And it was like something like Busan, ESL teachers, something like that Facebook page. But like once a month, we would meet up at a coffee shop in Gwanganli Beach. And we would just like talk about our students and about different ideas. And we would like, you know, it would be like a whole day thing. It's kind of like how people do language exchanges, but it was for teachers. And it was actually really interesting. It was really interesting. It was really fun. I learned a lot um, from other teachers. And also sometimes it just gives you an excuse to talk with people that just know you, like that know what you're going through, especially working in Korea, the work culture is an adjustment sometimes. You know, I love Korea to death, but it is an adjustment, especially for Americans. So you get to just like (sighs) vent sometimes to people that understand your struggle. And then also at the same time, you can learn new things and how to better your, your classroom and your overall teaching experience. So that's all I just wanted to add to my little statement there. As you were saying it, I, I was taken back in my mind to Korea. I'm like, man, that would have been great. Granted, I had teachers that I worked with, but that would have been nice. Like, oh, yeah, meet other people that you don't know and just seeing about them and their experiences. Great ideas. Hopefully this helped. Honestly, I, I know that we are doing a lot of virtual classes now, but I'll be honest. I think the three of us, right, us being here right now as ESL teachers, we also can bounce ideas off of each other. We also can talk to each other. If something happens with a student, we can say, hey, guess what happened? So that also is like this small community we have together. And so it, it definitely is beneficial. And I feel like we've all learned from each other. So. Oh, yeah. I come to you. You come to me, Joseph. I'm yeah. pretty sure you've come to us. We all. Like, yeah. Hey, what, can, what can we do here? So, yeah. Exactly. Find you a little community. Exactly. Well, thank you guys so much. I enjoyed this conversation and I'm going to ask Joseph, you got any final thoughts you want to leave us with, man? Well, I think um, one thing that uh, I'm I'm not sure if we mentioned or not, but uh, pretty much like networking with other teachers, you know, and and, uh, brainstorming, you know, with them, you know, about about ideas 
especially, I mean, even, even if you're teaching, you know, if you're just teaching English and not any other subject, you can still get some good advice from, from teachers that teach other subjects, especially, especially if you um, work in a school, you know, and these teachers, you know, have your students for a different subject. If you're having, you know, maybe um, difficulty reaching this student, you know, talk to other teachers and see, you know, how how they are in their other classrooms, you know, or with other teachers, you know, and that way you can, you know, like in, in the last uh, session we had, we talked about building confidence. I mean, that's that's another thing, too, you know, when that the, comes along with networking with other teachers is you get to learn more about your students uh, so, that, so that you can be, you know, a better teacher. That's how you also you know, uh, improve your own growth in, in your profession, because you're also learning how to handle different types of students and, and different situations through advice from other teachers on how they handle those, those students or those situations. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's what I think, you know. That was a great segue into our next episode. Teaser. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're right. (laughs) Next time, we're going to be talking about how to handle discipline issues in the classroom. So you mentioned handling dun, students. Dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we'll talk about some of our experiences and how we've dealt with students. So thank you guys so much again. We'll talk next time. See ya. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us on the ESL Teacher Experience. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode filled with valuable tips, strategies, and personal stories from experienced ESL teachers. Your feedback means the world to us. So please consider leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. By doing so, you help us reach more teachers and create a supportive community of ESL educators. Stay tuned for more episodes and remember, together we can make a difference in the lives of English language learners around the world.